Well, hey, hi there. This is uh, the Commissioner, Christopher Perry. I'm the Commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. This is the WCHL Podcast, and that was our old intro music because we don't want to... Uh, Andrew, is our no- my normal co-host, is not available. He's off uh, screwing around at Disney World or something like that in Orlando. So we just... I, I had to get a, a capable fill-in, and uh, one of the smartest guys that I know in the WCHL, probably the smartest guy that I know, I've, I've called in the, uh, the, the troops, the cavalry, the relief squad, made a call to the bullpen, and the general manager for the University of Utah, the skating Utes, A.J. Bolden, is on the other end of the line. A.J., say hello to the masses. Evening, everybody. Happy December, and uh, hope your seasons are going well. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Look at that. I, as, soon as, as soon as you're offering some nice stuff... I get a text about a stupid police chase. I need to put my do not disturbs on. Boy, what an idiot I am. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hopefully they're not chasing you through Salt Lake. So They are not. AJ, Tom, <laughs> remind everybody once again, not only do you oversee the men's division one program at the university of Utah, and I'm just going to rattle through and you, you fill in what I leave out, but you, you also oversee the men's Division II program at the University of Utah, the women's Division I program at the University of Utah, and you're also commissioner of the men's Division II Pac-8 conference. Did I get that right? That, that is all correct. However, uh, we do have uh, Amy and Taylor who are, are taking the reins on their respective teams uh, over the last year or two, so uh, I kind of oversee the, the whole program and focus on M1 and I've been training uh, my replacements for the other uh, or my, uh, for the other division, the other divisional teams. That is very, very cool, and th- and that's all in your spare time. I mean, you have a real life forty hour plus uh, week job that pays the bills, and all of this uh, over oversight of you know a men's one program, and then the rest of the University of Utah programs and the Pac eight conference. All that's all in your spare time. Yes, sir. I oh, mean, like uh, I believe the WCHL uh, is part of your your spare time as well. <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 tell my wife. She thinks it's she thinks it's my full time gig. Here, at least <laughs> she tells me you you're 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 spending an awful lot of time on that. So, all right, hey AJ, let's talk about men's one Utah because you've had a uh, a pretty good start to the season here. This is your uh, yeah. not your first full season at Division One, but it's your first full season playing in the WCHL. And um, if I remember correctly, I don't, I don't have the preseason coaches poll in front of me, but I, I seem to remember that Utah was not anywhere near the top of the uh, conference, at least in, the, uh, in that preseason poll. And here you are surprising folks, ranked 18th in the nation right now and uh, yes, sir. Doing, doing fairly well. So how about a brief, what, you're in fifth place f- uh, for the conference lead? Tell me, in you're only... What two places out of uh, yeah? You're one point out of fourth place. So I mean, you're you're right there in the mix of things. Tell me about uh, Utah men's one hockey so far from the eyes of its general manager. I think we've uh, really have shown ourselves to to be a capable team this year, and uh, I know that. Well, I've I've been telling everybody that'll listen that our organization was not idle during COVID. And when we brought in uh, Coach Morgan Feeney uh, for the M1 program, uh, the one thing that we were really focused on is recruiting and uh, becoming a competitive team, and that requires accountability and, and a good skill set. Um, and luckily for us, well, 
hard work paid off is the way I want to, I want to describe that. And uh, I really am I'm proud of the boys. I think we've been, um, had a, had a little bit of negative puck luck, if you can call it that, but, you know, two ties against, um, the number five in the nation, UNLV, I believe is where they're at. Yep. Um, two overtime losses, I should say, I think really puts us uh, on the map. It shows that we're not an outlier and it wasn't a fluke. And uh, I obviously would love those games back, but that's hockey for you. Yeah. So when yeah. it comes, yeah. No, well, no, please, please continue. I, I, I've, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to comment on the fact you've already swept U of A at home. You've split with Arizona State at your place. I mean, at their place, um, yeah. and you split with them with Arizona State at your place as well. Um, you know, you split with Grand Canyon on the road. Uh, so yeah, and you've gone, you've lost all four to UNLV, but two of those four have been in the overtime shootout varieties. So uh, yeah, you've done. Uh, I'd say Utah's done pretty damn well over up, right up to now. I agree. And again, you always want to win more games, but I think uh, we're, we're trending in the right direction. And I'm <clears throat> very proud of the guys to, to show up at Division One because uh, we made the move approximately, I think it was five seasons ago, and it's really taken us um, an entire class to, uh, academic class that is, to really put everybody uh, in the right mindset and understand what we're trying to accomplish both on the ice and, and off the ice. And I, I am really, really happy with uh, where we're sitting right now. And the way our, where our schedule worked out this year, we were pretty travel heavy in the fall. And that means we're going to be pretty home heavy in the spring. And I know our guys will uh, take that to take that to heart and know that most weekends well, all but one weekend will be playing at home in the spring. So, uh, Hopefully our fans and uh, our, 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 our families uh, appreciate that. And we put on some, some good hockey games uh, on our, our march to the national tournament. Very nice. Yep. Right now uh, Utah is sitting at number 18. So it would, uh, in theory, it would qualify for the national tournament if the nationals were held today. Um, so tell me this. You've, you, you mentioned it. Uh, ever so briefly, that you're going to be playing most of your games at home here in the spring semester, all but two games. I think those are games at, at Colorado State there to end the season. What's You play at the Salt Lake City Sports Complex, and that's an Olympic-sized sheet, correct? Yes, sir. So you're playing at altitude on an Olympic-sized sheet. What advantage does it? do you think that provides to your team? What what advantage for playing at home, and do you, is it an, is it in your eyes an advantage or a disadvantage when you go on the road? I think we have a pretty good setup, to be honest. We we practice, uh, like you said, at elevation and on a bigger sheet. And when we travel, we often play at an NHL sheet that's three to four thousand feet below where we're at or where we are at. And I think um, uh, shrinking our game down a little bit especially on, on the smaller sheet, uh, allows those, those, not only those lungs, but those, uh, those, those quick strides that we work on on the Olympic sheet um, really allows us to transition pretty, pretty well down to the NHL sheet. And for, for us, I think it's easier than the inverse where, uh, you know, anybody that's traveling to us 
A, they're going to be on a big sheet, and B, they're going to be at elevation. And they, most people don't feel it on, on day one. Uh, day two is usually where uh, <laughs> the, the elevation kicks in. So uh, I think uh, on all fronts, we have a really, really positive setup for, for our student-athletes. Very nice, very nice, and and tell me a little bit about uh, Morgan Feeney. You've he this is his first year coaching for Utah. You hired him last year, uh, but obviously nobody played or we didn't play uh, due to the COVID season. So, uh, give us the thumbnail sketch of Morgan Feeney and uh, what what he brings to the Utah program. I think he brings exactly what we've been looking for uh, in professionalism, knowledge of the game. Uh, he's a younger coach uh, and can really relate to our guys and has created a locker room environment and culture that is going to really propel us uh, into the upper echelons of the ACHA. Uh, I am really impressed with the team that he also assembled. Uh, We went through several rounds of interviews, uh, not only with myself and, and Coach Feeney, but the, the student leadership of the program at the time, and we took our time, and you know that was one of the benefits of, of COVID is we were able to stretch that experience out and make sure that we were making a sound and uh, responsible uh, decision to help us move into the next phase of our program. <clears throat> and I know when we finally decided on Morgan and he accepted the offer we were able to then move on to his support team. And uh, that was pretty much a, a handpicked uh, group of, of folks that, uh, that he was really passionate about. And I think the, the team and the, um, the team and the, the staff overall has responded quite well to, to him. And what's, what's been really rewarding for us uh, not only from the M1 perspective is the other teams have uh, been working together as a coaching staff. They'll run ideas, practice plans, and it's not a us versus them thing. It's really the, the M2 staff, the W1 staff, uh, and the M1 staff have really created a, a family environment and they each have their responsibilities in their teams. And it's, it's just been a really cool experience to see hey you know we need a you know, i got i got a work thing uh this afternoon can can one of you fill in or you know whatever it takes and i think that's really kind of where we want to be and and it allows us to, to be flexible and make sure that we're we're coaching the, the student athletes with uh, a lot of passion and and, and knowledge you mentioned uh, that you allowed after you chose Coach Feeney, um, to, to, and he accepted your offer to be the men's one coach. You you allowed that he also then, uh, you know, got, you focused on his staff. His father is one of the assistants. Is that right? That's correct, sir. Um, he is uh, Rob. Rob Feeney is. Uh, Canadian gentleman and played, uh, went through the Chicago Blackhawk system um, in the early 80s and really brings a, an old school mentality to the game. And I think the, the new uh, new school and the old school are really balanced quite well. 
when it comes to not only strategy and, and in-game changes, but also, you know, how to run a practice and, and be responsible and also very uh, respectful of the game and the, and the, the player's time. Uh, we practice four days a week, and when we're in the mid middle of the of the fall season, four games a week, then a travel day and two games, you know, we're, we're in the rink six out of seven days most times. And uh, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about it, but it's, it's been interesting this fall. Like UNLV had a specialty game at midnight and so uh, when we were down there. And so it, it really depends on what's going on. But the reason why I mentioned that is uh, having that rapport and that understanding of uh, each other in addition to our, our two other uh, assistant, uh, Chris Hawk and George Shallows, um, it's really allowed a lot of uh, creative thinking and really trying to find good ways to, to coach the team. And I think it's shown on the ice. It's not a one way or the highway type mentality. It's a it's a collective, and uh, I think Morgan has his entire staff uh, uh, rowing in the same direction, and that's really really fun. Yeah, well, it's really fun, and it's uh, the results are, you know, showing on the ice and in, on the scoreboard and uh, now in the computer rankings, and that's got to be really fun so uh, that the guys are getting some rewards for all their hard work. How does that work? Well, you you brought up the old school and the new school with uh, Father Rob and, and uh, younger uh, son Morgan, now the head coach. How does that dynamic work in terms of uh, – Old school, new school. Is it a bad cop, good cop type of a thing, or is it a uh, is it is it a deal where where you know dad says, hey, we need to go in there and just you know rip and tear and take some names, and, and dad says, hey, hold off, we you know uh, not dad but head coach uh, and son says, hey, hold off, we need to you know coddle these kids a little bit more. What's the, what's the give and take like there with that old school, new school mentality? I think they. They both share a little bit of both, right? And I think that's what's been uh, a very unique uh, experience uh, from a from a GM perspective. You know, they, they run their pro they run the team uh, as they they see fit. And I know sometimes I've I've seen tough love coming from from both of them. So I don't think it's it's really black and white. I think there's a lot of uh, ingenuity and, and constructive criticism that that goes from. Uh, all of the assistants up to, to Coach Morgan, and you know, once you know, people are allowed to say their piece and uh, get share their opinions. And if if that's the way they go, so be it. And if not, also so be it. So I, I think it's it's one of the most positive environments that I've been part of. Have you noticed you you've been with Utah now, AJ, for for how long? The Utah Hockey Program, both as a player, coach, general manager, for how long now? Fifteen years. Okay, so fifteen years, and you're you're now reaping some some of the benefits of of the you know of the success, I guess, if you will, of all those sixteen fifteen years at being at the Division two level, graduating from the Division two level to Division one. Now you're in the you know top twenty teams of men's Division one. Are you noticing a better caliber of athlete? now contacting the University of Utah or being interested in attending the University of Utah to play for the, your, the program that you've built? I think that it's, it always turns into a chicken or egg argument, but I, I do believe that we've turned a corner. Um, and 
I'm sure your listeners know this, but when you're playing the likes of UNLV or Michigan Dearborn or Minot State, um, they're rolling four lines of exceptional uh, forwards, and their D D um, are stacked, and you know their goaltenders are, are top notch as well. And you know you can you can hang at the D two level with one or two lines that carry the team, but when you roll into Dearborn or or head up to Minot or Jamestown or, you know, go play Illinois or um, any of any of the, the perennial schools, Liberty, uh, those types, you, you need the depth. And they've been at it for for decades, and they have the, the stable to, to support that. And at the D1 level and the D2 level, you have a lot of injuries. you got some kids that don't make grades at times. And so you need to be able to put the best team you possibly can on the ice at all times. And on a 30 to 40 game schedule, it's important to, to have the depth and be able to, to roll with the punches. And it hasn't always been the easiest, but this year we're finally finding the depth. And I think uh, in the seasons to, to come, I think we'll find more depth and uh, really be able to, to put the best product on the ice that we possibly can not only for our fans here in Utah, but as we continue to grow the sport, the ACHA programs throughout the West and the East. And uh, I, I, as maybe, uh, well, as you know, I mean, we talk, but I'm a huge fan of the ACHA and I think the product's grown leaps and bounds over years. And I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we do talk and we do talk, talk, uh, talk quite a bit we were talking about the growth in the ACHA and that leads me into my next question because as the commissioner for the Pac-8 conference two of the teams that currently play in the Pac-8 have recently been admitted into men's division one for the upcoming season uh, and that's Oregon and San Diego State we only have AJ don't don't please don't get any mis- any illusions here okay we only have like 15 or 16 listeners to this silly thing because okay. no, no, nobody spends their time and most of them are from Missouri State so I think we have like out of the 16 listeners, I think there's like 13 from Missouri State, one from Oklahoma, one from Arizona, and the other one just kind of, he's a free agent. So no, right. nobody really listens. So feel free to, uh, you know, do, this isn't uh, like you're on the, uh, you know, that Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcast, you know, a real podcast sure. or anything, or Spit and Chicklets or anything <laughs> like this. This is the minor leagues. This is the minor of the minor leagues. So uh gotcha. To, to tell all 16 listeners out there, what can what can the ACHA expect out of Oregon and out of San Diego State uh, when they make the move up to Division One next year? Uh, tough prediction. I think they might <laughs> surprise some people from time to time, but uh, yeah. it's a it's a leap. And the only the only litmus test that we have so far is uh, Oregon. Uh, inching a win out of GCU uh, a couple weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. Um, so I think the proof is always in the pudding. So I'll always want to wish teams the best of luck and trying to find the, the, the best place for them to play. And uh, like you mentioned, Oregon, San Diego State have uh, been in contact with the PAC uh, for quite some time about their intentions. This was not a surprise to us. Um, we just want to make sure that they're, uh, doing the right things for them and their programs and their student athletes. And, uh, I wish them the best of luck and, you know, uh, maybe they'll fill in, uh, with division two teams in a, in a season or two. Uh, I know that's what we decided to do at Utah this year. And 
it's been a very pleasant experience for, for us, uh, adding depth and adding another team for uh, student-athletes at the University of Utah. So who knows what they're going to do, but I think uh, I think traveling out west is going to be great, and more teams, the merrier in my book. Yeah, well, we're always trying to grow the game of hockey, and uh, uh, you know, frankly, I was surprised they got admitted, but um, I'm, you know, it's kind of a pleasantly surprised uh, because I, I I had been told that you know the days of independence uh, are are over at least in the uh, in ACHA men's division one, and so it was a pleasant right. surprise to see that they got admitted. Let me ask you this, AJ, and I'm going to ask the I'll ask the same question from an Oregon perspective and from a San Diego state perspective, put on your Oregon hat and sell, sell the listeners on coming to Oregon to play them. Because I think Oregon's biggest problem next year is going to be getting games, not on the road. Cause I think everybody smells fresh meat and they're always going to offer up. Um, they're always going to offer up, Hey, come play us, you know, no problem. But Oregon's problem sure. is going to be getting people to come to Oregon to play them for home games. So pretend you're Riley or the general manager or coach or whatever he is with Oregon, the, the head cheese at Oregon, and he's trying to get me to come up to Oregon to play. How am I what, – what's the selling point? And I'm, I ask you this because I presume you've been to Eugene. You've been to the rink. I have been to the rink. Uh, that was back in our D2 days in Utah. I was in the Pac-8 and then departed for Division One, and then returned when we added the M2 team this year. Um, and yeah, Eugene is, it's a fun little town. It's a good college town. It's, they're known for their football and their football uniforms. And, um, I think, uh, it, it's going to be a tough sell. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's going to have to put out a pretty good product, um, to encourage teams to reciprocate. And I know from experience when Utah went to D1, uh, it took a couple years to, to, to prove that. And I think, especially with, you know, this year with the preseason polls, um, you know, we weren't, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of expectation out of Utah, but uh, they got they got the opportunity. And I honestly think that uh, if they do what they say they're going to do, you know, they should be competitive. And whether or not teams are going to travel, that's another question. But I think what most programs are willing to do is host the first year and travel or return or reciprocate the second year. And uh, again, from experience with Utah, we were on the road uh, the majority of the season. Our first, our first season at M1, I think we logged sixteen or seventeen thousand miles, which included two bus trips up to North Dakota and a flight to Buffalo, uh, New York, and wherever else we could find some games. And it's always a, a slog, but that's the way it is. And eventually, they'll they'll get the reciprocation how far away is eugene from salt lake if you get on a bus to from, from utah to salt uh, to eugene what are we looking at isn't that like a 12 or 13 hour bus ride it's 12 yeah it's 12 or 13 but uh what's what's interesting about salt lake is you know we're in the we're on an island in and of itself so whether or not i'm going to phoenix or eugene it's, they're both 12 hours yeah. Oh, well, that, that, and that's what I was getting at is Eugene is yeah. 12 or 13 hours away from the farthest outpost in the ACHA, which right now is Salt Lake, <laughs> at least in men's, yeah. at least in the men's division one. So, uh, yeah, they're, sure. they're going to be hard up. Uh, so tell me, fl- flip it around now. You're San Diego state. Sell me on coming to San Diego state. Cause I think that's an easier sell. Uh, 
I agree. You just got to mention the sun, um, pool time, and whatever else San Diego has to offer. And hopefully they got cheap flights and they'll be able to make it happen. But I, either way, um, the first two West, like truly West Coast teams in the ACHA are now approved. And uh, I wish them, uh, Bill and Riley, the best of luck when it comes to uh, getting those games. All right. All right. Very good. All right. Well, hey, um, let, let's do this really quick. We're going to take uh, – I'm just – here's what I'm going to do, AJ. This is what I normally – I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Maybe you're the, the free agent from Utah. Normally at this time, <laughs> I, I play some stupid sound clips in a, in a horn or two, and then we come back and we do like predictions or, you know, we talk about the games upcoming this week and get some uh, – some really terrible, terrible, crappy suboptimal predictions. Uh, are you Got up? For, are you up for that? Yeah, the last time I was on, I, I I think I had some decent predictions for the national tournament. You've got see that's why I called you. You have good predictions. The guy who I normally have with me, Andrew Majorkirth, he's the GM for Oklahoma, and you'll probably get a chance to meet him when he comes up to play you. He's not very smart, and so he always does an awful lot of really dumb predictions. Um, <laughs> and so that's why I'm hoping that you know we kind of raise the 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 level of competency here on this podcast. Obviously, I'm a moron because I'm not a hockey guy. You're a hockey guy. You know what you're talking about. So that's why I'm. If you if you're down for uh, if you're down for some predictions, I'm I'm down. All right, let's do it. All right, hold on for a quick sec. Like none of these donkeys even dip, bro. These chumps even chew, bro. Like none of these dunces ever had a dinger. These losers never had a lipper, bro. Like chill out, have a chalk. Peace out, have a pull. Have a hogger. Have a danger. Have a hammer. Say hello to Sergeant Spitter, boys. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, AJ, I've had my fun for the day, so there we go. Let's get right <laughs> to it. Um, starting, We're doing this podcast here on Wednesday night. And again, AJ, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your, out of your Wednesday in beautiful scenic Utah. Let, let me ask a dumb question. I'm in, I'm in Oklahoma. The, the land is flat, right? I mean, I can stand, yep. I can go outside and uh, see for 50 miles you know, in every direction because it's so flat. I can stand on a tuna can and then I can see for a hundred miles, right? You're in Utah. Right. You're in the valley. You've got mountains to the, to the, to the, what, to the east? No, to the, yeah, to the east of you. What are they? The yep. east, east to the west. You got the, well, I mean, it's all part of the Wasatch Mountains. You got the Ochres um, to the, the west and um, you know, Park City and uh, all of the ski resorts to the east. So we're smack dab in the middle, and uh, it's been a pleasant, balmy 40 degrees today, and yeah, uh, everything's good. Very nice. Look at you. And so it's just just wonderful. So I, 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 you know, I would just be sitting out on my back porch just staring at the at the mountains or something. That's uh, I'm not very smart like that. So I would uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, be on a dumb little podcast. So uh, let me ask you some questions here, uh, because the first games, uh, start up actually tomorrow, Indiana university of Pennsylvania, for some reason, I don't know why I'm glad they're traveling. Um, but, uh, they're coming to Oklahoma to play Oklahoma and UCO. They play Oklahoma on Thursday and Saturday, and they're sandwiching a game against UCO on Friday. So okay. IUP is ranked number 34 in the most recent uh, computer poll. And if I were to look at 
my own little cheesy conference here, the Western Collegiate, Oklahoma is 32 and Central Oklahoma is 6. So give us some predictions. Where do you think, how do you think uh, IUP is going to fare against OU for two games and UCO for one? They're going 0-3 on the weekend. 0-3. Look at you, a WCHL homer. I love it. That'll, that'll be a long trip from IUP, I think. Do you know where I do you know where IUP is? No, I have no clue either. I would just like to. I'm you know the 13 year old in me is really upset that the letter C is not in their name because I could see ICUP. You know that would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, But uh, and maybe that's why it's just. uh, Anyways, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. I think they're coming out here because they bought some. uh, They they qualified for nationals in Dallas when it was canceled. And so they have some unused airfare they need to get rid of. So, yeah, hey, good for them. Um, Arizona State and Arizona are hooking up for two games at the TCC. The Cactus Cup is back on the line. Uh, You've played both of those guys four times. Who do you think is going to win those games? Arizona State at Arizona. So we got two games down there or just one? Two games, both in Tucson. I think Arizona wins on Friday. ASU wins on Saturday. Woo! Look at you, a split at home. Coach Berman won't like that, but uh, I know. Whatever, Sorry, Chad. Yeah, whatever. I like he doesn't listen, so I mean that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, we can say what we want here. We're just amongst friends. Hey, Colorado and Colorado State are playing. Also, it's rivalry weekend. Colorado and Colorado State are playing two games. The first game is up in Fort Collins. The second game is down in Boulder. How do you see that one shaking out? CU wins both. Ooh, CU wins both. Now, CU has already swept them. Um, it was, what, first part of November, I think it was. CU swept both games at Fort Collins. So, interesting, yeah. interesting. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to save the best for last, so let's talk about UNLV is at Grand Canyon. Did, did you go to the Grand Canyon series down there? I was there, yes, sir. Now, uh, tell me the truth. I've heard that going to that rink that Grand Canyon plays at is kind of sketchy. You know, it's one of those places where you got to make sure that you don't lose your hubcaps and you, uh, you know, you don't get jacked walking from the parking lot into the rink. I, w- I wasn't concerned about my safety, but they, uh, they have a really uh, good bar in the back and a very, uh, a rink with a lot of character uh, to play in. And so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, one that, it's one that most people won't forget. Very nice. Well, look at you. You see, you're being a diplomat. So uh, you're you're pretending that people actually do listen to this podcast, which I which I do appreciate. Uh, so UNLV at Grand Canyon. How is that one going to shake out? I think UNLV is going to win both. Yeah, UNLV seems to be on a roll, don't they? I mean, they're coming off a pretty good little weekend in Chicago, and Grand Canyon's doing okay, but you know they're just kind of hitting and missing. So. Yeah. Yeah, UNLV is, what, ranked fourth right now, and Grand Canyon 27th, that would seems to be. Okay, I saved the best for last. Men's 2 Oregon is coming to your place, the Salt Lake City Sports Complex. Men's, yes, men's 2 Oregon is Men's 2, so um, I'm, I'm not going to rag on them, but I don't know what their computer ranking is. I think they were, well, if I remember right, I think they were ranked ninth in the West. Uh, the pack, that is accurate, yeah. Yeah, in the ACHA D2 West. <laughs> 
Um, and obviously they're playing the big boys of the ACHA in Division One, in the number 18 team in your skating Utes. How's this one going to shake out? And remember, you are the GM for the Utah Utes, so yep. it's okay to be a homer. I'm definitely going to be a homer, and uh, Utah's going to win them both. Yeah. I think Oregon's got a chance the night before when they play Utah State. I think that'll be a fun game, Ooh. Uh, especially since Riley is uh, a Utah State alum. That's got to be a, an enjoyable thing to bring your team down to to the alma mater and uh, see what happens. But, again, I'll, I'll pick Utah against Oregon for both games. Are you going to care to – you want to do an over-under for how many goals you're going to score against them? Or do you think that'll <laughs> – do you I, think Oregon will, will listen to this and use it as bulletin board material? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say no comment on that. All right, I'm going to say 11. The over under will be 11. That will be the okay. goal differential. So I'm gonna I'm going to put plus 11, but that'll be the commission. It'll be the commission vote. All right, very very That's nice. Good. So yeah, don't tell don't tell Oregon that, but you can make sure to tell Riley uh, uh, Morgan Feeney in in his uh, father Rob say hey if you know if you're at a plus nine differential, put the number one line out there and run up the score. You got it, boss. Yeah. All right. I got a couple of other questions for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Again, I appreciate your time. Um, we're coming at you. This is the week after Thanksgiving. How did you celebrate Thanksgiving? Did you? I know you're from Minnesota. Did you fly home to Minnesota? Did the folks come from Minnesota to you? Did you find a turkey in Utah and just eat it there? I always find myself to Thanksgiving for the misfits of the team and attend that. And so those guys and girls who can't travel, uh, there's always uh, a family that'll, that'll host us. And it was our, our trainer, Annie, this year, who had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, some of us ended up over there and watching football, had some excellent food and uh, maybe a beverage or two. Very nice. A very, I'm, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a. Uh, it's probably like a Gatorade or maybe a bottled water. You're talking about. So, very nice. Uh, Perrier. Perrier. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. We're talking Utah sparkling water. <laughs> All right. Lots of Martinelli's, Chris. <laughs> hey, let me ask you about this. I know I asked you about this when I, when we saw it on uh, uh, when I saw it on Twitter. Apparently, it's a Utah thing at, at Thanksgiving. It's called a cranberry and pickle pie. When you were over at Annie's for the Misfit Thanksgiving, did you did Annie whip out the cranberry and pickle pie? Because apparently, it's a Utah thing at Christmas time. Yeah, I have never witnessed that. I've lived here for years, and uh, I I've never witnessed um, anything involving pickles for either uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas. But um, <laughs> there is a thing called. Uh, Funeral, funeral potatoes, um, and there, there's a lot of Jello dishes that that roll through uh, social events here in in Utah. So okay. either way, everybody's got their regional thing. Uh, I'll be back in Minnesota for, for the Christmas holiday and New Year's, and uh, there's always some fun stuff at, at Christmas, no matter where you go. So d- tell me about funeral potatoes. Is there Jello involved in the funeral potatoes, or is that just a Jello is also a, a thing as well as the funeral potatoes? No, they're like they're two separate items. One is Jello and like green Jello and carrots. Oh, like, I think is, I've I've witnessed that before. But funeral potatoes are actually really tasty. It's kind of a cheesy potatoy type thing, and uh, really really good comfort food. And I've I've every Thanksgiving I, I typically see them, and they're always a good time. 
All right. Very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. Well, I'll have to look it up. I, you know, the idea of, of, of a vegetable in a, in a jello mold doesn't really excite me. I've, I've heard of <laughs> fruit in a jello mold and I've heard of liquor in a jello mold, but I've never heard of a vegetable in a jello mold. So that must be a, yeah. I, but I've also definitely not heard of a cranberry and pickle pie. So that when that, nope. when that ran across my Twitter feed, I was like, I've got to ask AJ if that's really a thing or not. <laughs> I'm into cranberries uh, and I'm into pickles, but not together. So, yeah, I agree. All righty, amigo. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate your time on uh, on you know putting up with me and my dumb questions. Appreciate your uh, predictions. We'll we, we'll probably turn around and revisit these. Please make sure to let Coach Feeney know about the uh, the the spread, the over under, the goal differential spread. Uh, you for, got it. Don't but don't tell the other guy from Oregon. Um, and then, um, yeah, and I, that, that should be a fun time. So I didn't realize that Oregon was playing Utah State as well, but uh, I'm sure they'll have bus legs, and uh, you guys will be able to take advantage of that and uh, let them know what uh, coming to Division One is really going to be like. 100%. And we got the teddy bear toss on Saturday, so that's oh, wow. always a good time. We, we raise uh, usually about 1,000 stuffed animals for the local children's hospital, both primary and Shriners, and... Uh, Hopefully, uh, any any Utah listeners will uh, make the make the trek down to Sports Complex and help us out there. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. How a, a thousand? Now, do you when when that happens and they score the first goal and the place just gets inundated with with bears? Do you get out there and help clean up, or do you just tell the kids 100%. to get out there and do it? Yeah, uh, with the all all team affair on that. Um, I'm really looking forward to the day that we can pull a Cal- uh, Calgary Stampede and pull out a, a donated pickup onto the ice and help you know, pick up the bears that way but we're not quite there yet and if we can hit a thousand again this year we'll be we'll be pretty stoked that's awesome that's awesome saturday night at the salt lake city sports complex oregon gonna lose to utah but utah is going to be the big winner with a whole bunch of teddy bears out there i love it that's pretty Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, it should be fun. All right. Well, hey, hang on here. I'm uh, let me. I'm going to hit a button and play some music to get us out of here. But uh, appreciate you, AJ, for being on this edition of the uh, Terrible Craptastic Suboptimal uh, WCHL podcast. <laughs> and uh, I just appreciate you taking time out of your out of your busy. I, like I said, I'd be staring at the mountains all all the damn time. So I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. Um, and I appreciate your time tonight. Well, we uh, we look forward to seeing you when Oklahoma travels as well. Uh, I, I don't travel with Oklahoma. Come on, they hate me. They they, they yeah, think well. I, they think I favor everybody but them. So, uh, which is in, insane. But uh, hey, whatever. But I don't travel with them. So uh, right. m- maybe one day I'll get on up there. But it won't be with the Oklahoma team. So. All right, I'm going to hit the magic button. Hold on, AJ. Okay.